Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. Excited that you're joining us today. We're having a return repeat guest, Mr. Mike McCallowitz. We're going to be chatting with him about a couple of his books that I think you're really going to enjoy that have had huge, huge impact for me and my business. We're going to talk about his book, Profit First. We're going to talk about the financial aspects of things that you need to be thinking through as a speaker. And then we're also going to be talking about his most recent book, Clockwork, which uh, has also had a big impact on me. So a lot of great stuff from Mike today. I think you're really going to enjoy, you're really going to benefit from. Also, if you enjoy this, you want to hear more of this and you want to learn more about just what it is to be a speaker, how to deliver great talks, then make sure you stop by and check out our new YouTube channel. So we've had several videos that have been posted there now. Oftentimes we're sharing several different speech breakdowns where we're taking some of the more popular uh, speeches and presentations, speakers that you've heard of, that you're familiar with. We have taken some of their best talks and given our reaction to them, showing things that worked, why they worked, and how you can apply their ideas and tactics and strategies to your next presentation and talk. So make sure you check that out by going over to youtube.com slash the speaker lab, youtube.com slash the speaker lab, or just go there and search for the speaker lab. You'll find plenty of videos that you can consume and dive into. Now, let's uh, get to this conversation with Mike McCallowitz. I will give you a parental guidance warning. He uses a little bit of language here and there. So we just FYI, if you got kids around, just know that's coming. All right, let's get right into it. Here we go. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, joined by my buddy, Mike McCallowitz. It's just a great name to say. It's just it's just fun to say. It's fun to say. And so uh, good to have you here back with us. You were with us back in episode 119. Back with us again today. Give us a quick nutshell. How's Mike laying? It's good to be back here, my brother. And you know, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm working on another book. That's The Life of a Speaker Author. That's going to come out uh, in April. So that's what I'm doing right now. So what I believe are your two most recent books, Profit First and Clockwork, are the, yep. the two most recent ones, correct? That's right. Um, and so I want to talk about both of those. I went through Profit First actually uh, a couple years ago when it came out. Cool. Uh, oh, look at that. You got it. In your got hand. it. People can't see it, but I'm holding yeah. it up. I got it. Very good book. So one of the things that a lot of speakers struggle with is like, hey, they're amazing on stage. They suck at running a business. And right. And behind the scenes operations part. Uh, and the other part of, of speaking that makes it a challenge is it's very feast or famine and that yep. You may make bank in September and December, you may have nothing. And so September has to make it to December and the amazing months have to offset the slow months. So um, kind of give us the overarching idea on Profit First and why it matters for a speaker. Yeah, yeah. So um, Profit First, the idea is that we need to carve out our profit before we do anything else. Most often, we've been told that sales minus expense equals profit. So we do is we, we get that gig we incur all the expenses, the travel and everything and running our business and the rent for our office space and so forth. And then there's no profit left or pay for ourselves. So we're going to flip the formula. Every time we 
have a sale, we get a gig, we immediately take a predetermined percentage of that money, allocate it toward profit, another percentage to allocate it toward our compensation. So we have a normalized salary, that something we expect to live off of, yeah. uh, and so forth, taxes and so forth. How speakers can handle it is we can set up a speaker account that I call the drip. Uh, I'm the same thing, it's feast or famine. So August, when we're recording this, blows for me. Last month, off the charts, like my yeah. most active month ever. Uh, and, I, and, and it's actually hard to predict. Yeah. September, you know, September usually sucks, but who knows? Here's what we do. I take all the money that I've received, the honorariums or fees, whatever you want to call it, put it into a drip account and I slice it up into 12 pieces. Yeah. So let's just say in September, I made, just picking a number out of the air, $10,000. If I made $10,000 or to actually even better, $12,000 because it'll work easier. I then slice up that $12,000 into monthly installments. So every month, I recognize $1,000 of that money. It drips into my income account. I allocate it to these different things, my pay and so forth. And it starts building this normalized, predictable revenue stream that grows over time as more gigs come in. What most speakers do, what I used to do, I get a gig, say it was $12,000. I'm like, I'm rich. And mm -hmm. I blow the money and say, hey, hon, we can go out to dinner and like do all this stuff. And I can pay all these expenses. And then you know, the next month would come and be like, oh, shit, I got nothing. Right. And panic would ensue. And I would make, you know, irrational decisions. I, I, would, I would call people and say, listen, I'll speak for $500, anything just to get on the stage. Right. So by dividing it up and letting it drip into our business, we start getting a normalized salary. And that's how you even out these wild ebbs and flows we experience as speakers. Do you do the same thing whenever it comes to, because oftentimes for speakers, we get a, most of the time we get a 50% deposit up front exactly and right. that could become, that may come, you know, six months ahead of when the actual gig is, when you're going to get the balance of it. So do you do the exact same thing with a deposit versus when you get the balance? I actually do something different. So I have a reserve account. It depends how you define it. So I feel, at least ethically, I've not earned that money until I've delivered the service. So the 50% deposit sits in an account. And when I get the remaining deposit, which is usually 30 days before, sits in an account. The day I speak, or the week of actually, my bookkeeper here knows, release the money into the drip. So it just sits there. Now, in my contract, it says if they cancel a gig, that money's not going to be returned to them, the deposits they made. It can be held for a future gig. But in sometimes extreme circumstances, I felt, and this has only happened once, but I felt it was appropriate to return the money. There was a tragic event that happened. It would have devastated this company not to get some money back from all their vendors. So I felt obligated. So I had the money reserved. But before I was doing this reserve account, the 50% deposit would come in, I'd spend the money. Yeah. Then I'd do the gig, right? And I'd be like, I didn't get paid that much for it, forgetting I was paid six months in advance. Right. So I really was in this feast and famine mode before setting up a system where the money started to drip. Walk us through what you recommend for entrepreneurs and especially for speakers as it relates to taxes. Because again, it is kind of this feast famine. We need to make sure every dollar that's coming in, like I remember telling my yeah. mom one time, she's like, what do you get paid to speak out of curiosity? And so I told her, she's like, that's crazy. Like, let's be clear. You're not taking home all of that. What you make and what you take are two totally different things. So oh, alloc right. allocating that for taxes or just business overhead or expenses or travel or whatever, but especially whenever it comes to taxes, because um, most, again, most speakers great on stage, but just horrible behind the scenes horrible, on the yeah. business part of yeah. just like, I, I made all this money. And in reality, like quarterlies or estimates are coming and you better have the money to pay them. So how, how do you approach that? For sure, for sure. And uh, I first want everyone to know that that's kind of normal to be great at, you have a talent, right? To be able yeah. to speak and persuade and to not be good at traditional business. But I hope the profit first system simplifies it where you actually will be great at this too. 
with taxes, here's the big epiphany. I want everyone to realize you are an agent for our government. So if you're a U.S. citizen, you are actually an agent of the U.S. government, the IRS, and you're responsible for collecting money. It's called income tax. But you have a legal responsibility, and this is true for any country that collects tax, which I think is actually every country. So you're an agent. This is mandated. When you make $10,000, you're not, you're, to your point, make and take is very different. $10,000 is the full sum you collected for your money from your client. A portion of that, by law, is required for the government. So I do a 15% allocation. Mm-hmm. Every time money comes in, 15% of it goes into what's called a tax account. I actually changed the name at my bank now from tax account to the government's money, just so I'm very clear <laughs> this is not my money. When the money comes in, I put the 15% in there. Then when the tax bill comes, the business can pay our taxes. And this is true if you have a sole proprietorship or LLC, like many speakers do, or if you have a, even an S-corp or C-corp. A business can always pay the taxes. There's different ways to structure it if you have an S-corp or C-corp. The big thing is this. People say, but Mike, I'm in a 35% tax bracket. Uh, you're only saying reserve 15%. That's only half or even less of what I need to reserve. That's not true. You see, we're only taxed on our actual income to ourselves, not on the company's expenses. So when you make $10,000, we'll say for a gig, and you put 15% of the taxes, and you have $8,500 left, all the 500 is not going to you. You have expenses you incur, the travel, the lodging if you're paying for that, your rent for your facility, meals, all these different expenses that are tax deductible. Well, when those expenses go out, your net take home from that $10,000 may only be $5,000 or $4,000. Well, you you multiply 4,000 times 35%, that brings us up to roughly 1,500 bucks, which is exactly the amount we reserved. So 15% seems to be the approximate number to reserve off of your top line honorariums or fees for tax liabilities. Yeah. And I've done the exact same thing. In fact, before reading Profit First, I'd always done that. I had a totally separate account, out of sight, out of That's mind. Smart, That's not man. your money. Don't touch that. But Profit First has really given me a one thing we did not have is we didn't have the actual profit account. And that's one thing that we implemented that's really made a big difference. And so each quarter, each quarter, that is a fun account to look at. Oh, it's the best, man. We drain it. We pay out some profit share to our team. Yep. Um, and a, a good chunk of it, we, we take home. As long as the business has what we need just in the operating account, then we take that home. It's a fun end of the quarter, assuming that we've had a good quarter. Yeah. And think about, think about the end of the quarter. End quarter used to be Taxes are due. Yeah. Shit. Now the business has reserved your taxes for you. So there's actually some relief there. It's like, oh, it's not even coming out of my pocket. The company's first reserved that. So there's some relief. And then on top of it, you get a quarterly profit distribution. That ain't too shabby. And I'll yeah. tell you, I've been doing this for, for 11 years. I've had 45 consecutive quarters of profit distributions. My first one is still my favorite. Even though it was the smallest, it was $8. I had just started a system. When your business gives you $8 of cash yeah. and you, I walk down to the Starbucks, I'm like, I threw, the, I threw down a single just to be <laughs> you know, really dramatic. I threw down the $8 and I'm like, give me the best drink you've ever made. And it felt so good that there was no credit card involved. There was no yeah. debt. It wasn't even a business expense. This was just a reward. Do whatever I want. That's yeah. a powerful feeling. Yeah, very true. So then your most recent book, Clockwork, give us the nutshell of what Clockwork is about. Yeah, subtitles design your business to run itself. And here's what I realized is that everyone, including speakers, can make the business run on automatic. The ultimate goal is to remove yourself from your business or the ability to remove yourself from your business permanently. Because if the business doesn't depend on you, you've created a cash ATM and you've built something that's very viable, if you will, to an outside party that they may want to procure your company. Now, as a speaker, it almost sounds like this is ridiculous. Like there's only one person that can go on stage, the speaker. Like you're hired to speak. And that's what I thought. Well, once I wrote Clockwork, I said, can someone that's like in a creative like we are, 
do this? And I said, oh my gosh, yes, we can train other speakers. So I've come up with a, for me, it's a, my marquee speech is about profit first. Mm-hmm. One of the, that's my most popular book. I now have 30 people that are trained on profit first. And it was last week, we have a weekly metric, came in, 17 profit first speeches were delivered. 17, you know, all different venues from a little small chamber of commerce to a couple of main stage. I only did one last week. Um, Like I told you, the beginning of August has not been so great. But I did one speech, but 17 were delivered. And now I'm like, oh, I can be the owner of the content, but I don't have to be the guy delivering it. And I can pick and choose. I get joy out of public speaking like I know everyone does watching. I can pick and choose now the marquee events I want to do and the other events I can say, listen, I'm out of your, your price range. Here's someone I can introduce you to that can deliver on the exact content you want. And I still benefit. My message is still being put out there. And I can even reward, be rewarded financially from it, which I am. So how have you landed on Profit First being the one that you have decided to double down on in that format? Meaning that, because uh, Profit First is what your third, fourth book, something like that? Yeah, I think it's my fourth. Yeah. Okay. So if you've done four books, then the fourth one was the one that you decided like, okay, here's the concept that we can really start to replicate beyond just yourself. Did you find that like the others didn't get as much traction or what did you find with Profit First and that, that framework? Two elements. Yeah, there's two elements. Well, three, three elements. First is if you're an author of a book, you can watch your metrics of sales. And Profit First is a top performing book for my publisher, Penguin Books. And they call me regularly, like, hey, let's keep this going type of thing. Yeah. So that's one metric is the performance of a book. That book demand is basically audience demand will matriculate over to event hosts hiring you. That's one part. Second one is just the inbound inquiries. So how many inbound inquiries am I getting for speech topics? So people say, hey, we want Mike to speak on profit first or clockwork or just general entrepreneurship or whatever. 80% of the inquiries coming in or thereabout are profit first. So that was a a big one. Then I realized to uh, get this out to another community of speakers was how could they own it where it actually puts them as the marquee speaker and it became vertical specialization. So there's a profit first speaker for e-commerce sellers. There's one for chiropractors, dentists, and it goes on farmers actually. And so there's these speakers that are speaking profit first, but can make it in their own domain because it's very specific to an industry. Now when the farmers conference called and they actually did, there was one through Canada, tour through Canada. They said, we want Mike speaking on profit first for farmers. We said, well, we think Mike's out of your budget range, but we do have a profit first expert who's, who specializes in the farming industry. Would you prefer to have him? And they're like, yeah, that's amazing. There's someone who does this for farms. And now that industry has embraced this guy so much so, and this is <laughs> this is mind-blowing. I was at an e-commerce event. Cindy Thomason is the person who does Profit First for e-commerce, speaks on that regularly. I'm at an event. They hired me, this group, to do the closing keynote. I like to sit in the audience sometimes beforehand to watch you know, the other speakers, what's going on. Guy taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, I never saw you before. What, what's your name? What do you do? I'm like, I'm Mike Michalowicz. I'm an author. He's like, oh, dude, I got to tell you about a book you got to read. And I'm like, oh, I love books. What is it? He's like, you got to read Profit First. So <laughs> my, my big fat ego is like, oh, look, that's me, man. And before I can say, surprisingly, he goes, it's written by Cindy Thomason. And my ego went, <laughs> I was like, oh. But then my ego built up again. And I realized Cindy Thomason for that community is now the authority. Yeah. The concept of Profit First is not stuck with just me. She's owning it. And she's perceived, and she is, the authority in that market. But I'm still deriving benefit from it. I think we all have this opportunity to verticalize or nicheize, I guess, uh, our, our content. 
So how do you, uh, if a speaker's listening right now going, okay, I have a, a topic or I have a speech that is just really resonating. The demand is exceeding the supply. I'm interested in multiplying yeah. myself. And what almost sounds like a, maybe like almost like a franchise model to some degree. That's exactly uh, what it is. So how do you decide like, okay, I, w- I want to scale this beyond just myself. What does that begin to look like? What does a speaker need to begin to think through? Yeah, I, I looked at my audience first. I said, well, you know, what's the audiences that I'm speaking to most often? And, um, you know, for me, I'm pretty much industry agnostic. But I noticed like gyms, for example, I was getting called back again and again to these different gyms. So there was some hot stuff going on. I started speaking to event hosts and saying, hey, uh, there's a lot of demand in the gym industry. Who are the best attendees here? Who are people that really embrace this concept of profit first and are delivering to their gyms? And uh, this one guy's name came up, John Briggs, right? John Briggs is the authority in this space. He's talking about us. He's living this. So I with John Briggs, I said, John, why don't you come in and become a speaker around this? He's like, I'd love to. And so the audience has the speakers already there. So yeah. I just look for when I'm, you're out, wh- where's the most demand in what category and start there. Very quickly, I started getting a reputation. Once John was speaking on profit first for gyms, then a guy calls me and says, hey, I saw this guy speaking to gyms. Have you ever considered dentists? I'm like, no. So then I started talking to the dentist guy and then Cindy for the e-commerce and so forth. Yeah. How did you decide ultimately uh, to make sure that Profit First was positioned as the product versus Mike Michalowicz as the product? Meaning that this is something that I, I talk with speakers about regularly. Of They're like, hey, I want to use this as for my talk to leverage for consulting or for coaching. And so one of the things we talk about is the difference between the, the person being the product versus yeah. the talk being the product. And so like in your case, it seems like it's kind of a combination of both. Uh, well, yeah, no, maybe, maybe. You know, I, I bring this is way too strong of a word. I'm going to say celebrity ship. That's not the right word, but I bring a degree of recognition because I wrote the book in the beginning, right? So I wrote right. the book. So people are like, oh, that's the guy who wrote the book. So that's why I'm defining by celebrity ship. Right, right. From it. No one knows who the fuck I am, quite frankly. So um, that is what I brought. The realization I was very early on, actually before Profit First, is when I started writing my books, I realized I can be the authority, but I'm going to be capped very quickly and I'm not going to be able to serve a greater impact. I've defined as my life's mission, and this really resonates with me, is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. I believe, at least I've defined for myself, why, that's, um, why I'm on this planet. Yeah. To eradicate entrepreneurial poverty is such a big goal. I can't do enough speeches. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough lifetime to get even through one one billionth of that or one one millionth or whatever it is. So I realized if I'm to deliver on a greater purpose, it can't be about me. It's got to be about ideas and I can be a catalyst for it or I can be a cog for it and I can empower other people. But if I am the sole person carrying the torch, I'm going to be exhausted. So I encourage every speaker, what's the highest calling you want to move to? If you want to be that celebrity in this community and that's your highest calling, freaking do it. Like that's freaking awesome. If you have another calling that is of impact, that's at a level where you can't do it all. And that's, you know, when you talk about big impact, you can't do it all then it becomes about the product and not the speaker. Have you always been like that? Because that also sounds like the voice of, um, so like, frankly, it sounds like the voice of, of maturity of just like, because oftentimes whenever we get into it from a speaking perspective, the ego likes the idea of I'm standing on stage, everyone's applauding for me, the spotlight's on me, I'm signing autographs, I'm taking pictures, I'm shaking hands, I'm kissing babies, I'm doing all that. But what you just described was the idea is bigger than me. And so I don't necessarily have to be the one on stage to- I was totally like so ego driven. But this is really before my speaker days. I, as an entrepreneur, I had some, some unexpected successes or some great stuff and thought it was because I'm so smart. And then I got torn away and I said a big ego. I, I was quite frankly, as a dick. I was like, I'm smarter than anyone else. I'm so great. Look at me, look at me, look at me. 
And once I got torn away from me, my wealth and achievements, I had this realization, wow, it's really about the journey. I'm not great. I'm just the same as anyone else. And let me just share what I discover. So Profit First is simply a discovery I'm sharing, and it's really not about me. So it was well before Profit First or Clockwork or any of this stuff that I realized I just got to put out the message. And any way I can get the message out is a win, including or maybe especially if it's not me delivering the message. It's the empowerment of other people. So it is a maturity thing, and I definitely had to grow into it. I did not... I was not mature before. And maybe I'll slip into that ego thing again. And listen, when I do a keynote and there's lots of people in the audience and you're getting all these applause or I'm going to an event that's like a marquee event, ego gets in there. I'm like, look at myself again. And so a, a real good stabilizer for that ego is then to go to another event where like three people show and no one knows who the fuck you are. And they're like, who's this guy? And they're looking at their watch and their cell phones so they can get you off stage. That happens enough that it kind of slaps me awake and again, I'm like, oh, I'm not a big deal. I'm really not a big deal. Right, right. What, for the speaker that's listening who's going like, I have this big idea, but like ultimately I don't necessarily, I don't want a big business. I don't want to have a bunch of people. I'm fine to go out, do my X number of gigs per year, come home. And that's, that's the end of it. That's the business. Is there anything like, what are the principles of, of clockwork that then apply to that speaker who says, I want to be a one man band and nothing more? Yeah. So I first want to say that is the right feeling to have. Like trust your instinct. I heard once a saying that the right size business will find you. I think it's a mistake for us to aspire bigger is better. It's not true. So if that's what you want to be, revel in that, live in that. You deserve that. But I do think there's one minor hire you can make to relieve you. It's the nagging work. And maybe it's the work of the house, like you know, cleaning the gutters or or mowing the lawn uh, or, or, or scheduling laundry or whatever it is. I think everyone should have a personal assistant, everyone, for scheduling. You know, you know the speaker's life. Your flights are canceled. Uh, you arrive at your hotel, you know, six hours late because your flight was canceled. They already sold the room to someone else. You got nowhere to stay. And you're living this nightmare. And you're supposed to give your best performance the next morning. And by the way, it's already the next morning because your flight was that late. You got two hours to get on stage. We can have a personal assistant that helps smooth out all that stuff in advance and in front of us. Every speaker, even if you want to be a one-man band, I I have now 14 people for my speaking business, but I started off as a one-man band. The first hire I made was a personal assistant, and that started this explosive growth in in my career here. And uh, you don't have to grow it, but you do have to have a personal assistant, in my opinion. Very good. Very good. Mike, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, and so I appreciate you letting us hang out and chat for a couple minutes, catch up here. If people want to find out more about Profit First, Clockwork, your other books, uh, where can we go? Yeah, go to MikeMichalowitz.com. But you know the trick. No one can spell Michalowitz. It's so long. It's so Polish. Go to MikeMotorbike.com. That's the, uh, well, it's simple to remember because that was my nickname. But Mike Motorbike brings you to my site. All my books are up there, free downloads for my books. Uh, all, I used to write for the Wall Street Journal, so those articles are there. I also have a podcast. And uh, there's one real simple call to action. It says, get the tools. Click on that and you'll get everything I have. Beautiful. Mike, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Dude, appreciate you, brother. Take care, Grant. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike Michalowicz. Really, really great guy and a phenomenal speaker, phenomenal entrepreneur. Make sure you check out both of those books that we talked about, uh, Profit First, as well as Clockwork, as well as his other books. He's got a lot of great books there that I think you could really benefit from and learn from. All right, thanks for hanging out with us, my friends. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.